Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. And I'm feeling good. The uplifting sound of the one and only Nina Simone with Feeling Good. Good morning, this is Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM. I'm Elliot Moss. Thank you very much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is a place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, we bring someone who's shaping the world of business as we speak. My business shaper right in front of me today is James O'Callaghan. He's the co-founder and director at Eckersley O'Callaghan. They're a structural engineering company responsible for some amazing, beautiful buildings and constructs, including the Apple Theatre, including also the new floating swimming pool extraordinary thing that is being built at Nine Elms, and also Chelsea Football Club, Stamford Bridge, they'll be building that as well. You are going to be hearing lots from him and his amazing projects very shortly. In addition to hearing from James, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all that, we've got some brilliant music, of course. We've got Cyril May, Otis Redding, and this from the fantastic Quincy Jones. <laughs> The multi-talented, brilliant Quincy Jones there with his take on Soul Bossa Nova. This is Jazz Shapers, and as I said earlier, James O'Callaghan is my business shaper. He's co-founder and director at Eckersley O'Callaghan. They're a structural engineering company, also um, very heavy on design, which is unusual for a structural engineering company, but you're going to hear lots about why. And um, it's a pleasure to have you, James. Thank you. Great to be here. It's... um, not often we have people in, in from your part of the world. I have had a, a Michael Squires from Squire & Partner many years mm-hmm. ago and various people involved in the building world. But often we, the public, celebrate biz, uh, buildings, um, but we don't know who's behind them. And this is a, an opportunity to hear a bit about you and, and what's going on and, and how you came to be doing what you're doing. Tell me a, a little bit about you. started this business in 2004, mm. so you've been going 14 years. You employ around 100 people or so. Um what made you, because there are many engineers, you can probably tell me, Elliot, well, there are X thousand structural engineers in the country. <laughs> Not everyone goes off and wants to run their own show. Why do you think you did 14 years ago? I think like, um, like most things, you, uh, you fall into this situation. Perhaps it wasn't really something that I was um, always predetermined to do. I think um, I followed a journey which was quite interesting in that once I'd left university and had become an engineer, um, a subject that I completely love, a subject that I always knew knew I wanted to be. I'd been, um, ever since I was very young, and and I'd had the opportunity to see bridges built in Hull, which was, uh, as we were talking about a little bit earlier offline, um, that fascination with how you put things together sort of very early sort of drove me towards wanting to be an engineer and therefore wanting to be... Um, to build things and be creative with uh, what we could do and, and through science. So 
I spent some time, went to university. I then had a slightly unorthodox kind of um, training in that I ended up living in Seoul, doing a project in Seoul in South Korea, and then moving to New York and working there for eight years and doing some of the most amazing public buildings in, uh, around, in and around the United States. And it was when I came back from there that I felt that I think part of that time in the US, the sort of uh, opportunity that I'd seen, um, drove me to think, well, really, this is something I want to do on my own. And there's, I can see how um, applying that sort of uh, optimism to the engineering that we uh, that I'd been doing um, and the people I'd met, it was really at that point that I had the confidence to be able to say, I can do this. And through a partner of mine, Brian Eckersley, who's uh, been uh, we we has been there since we uh, since we started at the beginning in uh, 2004, um, we we took it on, and that was where it really began. Now we were quite unsure how it would go. Uh, it was the two of us to start with, and we're in a small backroom shed in in Islington, um, and uh, we just thought, well, I'll throw together what had happened in my experiences in the US with what we were with his experience of been working locally in Islington and see what comes out the other end and uh, and I think what's particularly special about our business as a result has been that it's always been very culturally diverse we've always been working internationally from a very small scale always um happy and and um, excited to be working in different places and certainly not afraid to be able to take on the challenge of doing that and that's where it sort of evolved and it evolved from that and I think that's kind of created the culture that we have. Stay with me for the unfolding story of my business shapes. That's James O'Callaghan, the man who started in a shed with his partner, Brian Eckersley, back in 2004. Now, as I, as I mentioned there, and we're going to come on to it, responsible for some extraordinary creations around the world. Time for some music right now. This is Serial M.A. with Let's Get Lost. The party's rather dull, isn't it? We love to steal away. Wouldn't we? So let's not even ask. Now should we? Surreal A May with Let's Get Lost and a bit of gypsy jazz thrown in here on Jazz Shapers. James O'Callaghan's my business shaper today. He's co founder and director at Eckersley O'Callaghan. And if you were listening earlier, you would have heard how Brian and him got together in a shed, just two of them, back in 2004, um, and embraced the world, literally the world of designing stuff and engineering stuff. You, you mentioned uh, the Humber Bridge, um, and often people fall into stuff and you kind of have fallen into it in a way, though it sounds to me like you've always, as you said, had a passion for building things. Lots of kids, I have many children and, and many of them like building stuff, but not many, I don't know if any of them are going to be civil and structural engineers. What was it that made it so important to you from when you were little all the way through to when you actually went to university and so on? What was it that stuck? I think it resonated with me um, very early on. I was, um, I, I consider myself very lucky that I, um, uh, once I'd seen how something as amazing as a bridge being put together, that it that it struck a chord that I felt I needed to pursue. And I then very much shaped my choices in education around it and, and stuck with it. At, at no point did I ever feel that I'd made the wrong decision or gone in the wrong direction. It became very intuitive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and as a result of that, I was continually and continue to be very excited about the fact that we can use science and maths and research to create extraordinary things um, in the physical sense. Now, 
you know, I guess I was lucky in many ways because I think, you know, sometimes it's uh, you can go down a path and decide you need to go down a different path, which is great and and also enriching. But I was I was very focused. And I think what particularly helped with that was that you can um, develop um, an intuition about what things should be and the way in which things should be built or the size of which elements should be. You get a you grow that intuition um uh, more quickly through the experiences you have and that's really helped me it's really helped me to know that in conceiving what a structure might be that I've got a good sense about what would be appropriate and what might be possible without necessarily having to do the maths at that mm. early stage and that, that really helps with design and it helps to um, facilitate the conversations we have with the the architects that we work with who ultimately lead these wonderful projects and um yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's all come from that very early mm. understanding about where I wanted to go and just ploughing that, uh, re- relentlessly ploughing that furrow. Um, but what the instinct that you're describing now is in reality intuition at speed, isn't it? Because what the instinct is based upon are very, very solid foundations of sure. of science, of maths, of seeing and appreciating and, and visualising lots and lots of structures. Do you have to be good at science and maths to do what you do, do you think? Or I don't it, think... No, I don't think you need to be good at it. I think that you need to... Um, it, it's, it, it starts very mathematical, and I think that you've got to be reasonably... Um, uh, reasonably, uh, reasonably good with your sort of mental arithmetic side of your brain. Mm. Um, I don't think you need to be um, a particular theorist or a particular deep theorist to be an engineer. I think it's very much the nexus between science and art and the fact that you're making things from a, an appreciation of science but at the same time as, a, as an appreciation of what... Um, uh, of what form artistically people are trying to make and in, in, in whatever it is, whether it's whether it's a train or it's a or any form of engineering i mean the thing about engineering is that it touches everything we do so um it's it's got that sort of richness that i think is very diverse stay with me for more from my business shaper james o'callaghan um the man who's bringing science maths and art all together in one beautiful creation right in front of your very eyes latest travel come up in a couple of minutes but before that you're going to be hearing another person from our Future Shapers series. And this person and their business are hoping that they will be shaping the future of their industry for many years to come. My name is Charlotte Pierce, and I am the CEO and co-founder of a company called Inkpact. Inkpact is a technology software company, but with a difference. Um, and we allow companies to send genuinely handwritten letters and note cards, but at scale, at the touch of a button. So each day we get so many emails that we don't read them, ignore them. Uh, we help companies really stand out by writing handwritten letters and note cards for them, uh, written by real people across the UK. The hardest thing about setting up my own business has really been the kind of mental strains it puts you under. And I think initially I thought it was going to be, you know, how hard the day to day was. But actually it's switching off and um, not constantly thinking about those problems and uh, not taking it into your personal life so much. So I think really detaching yourself sometimes when needed from the business and from the problems that happen um, has been the most challenging thing to overcome. The best thing about starting my own business has been taking an idea that's gone on paper uh, to seeing it, you know, in the real world, impacting real people's lives, you know, impacting real profit margins of businesses um, and really having a social impact on the business. And then the impact it has on the staff and actually creating a team. So I think seeing something go from absolutely nothing into a fully fledged business. um, Yeah, it's that creativity that I just absolutely love. 
the bit of advice that I would give to somebody setting up their own business is to get yourself an absolute A-team. So that's your mentors, your advisors, the people around you. Create yourself a really awesome network and cut out all the negative people and surround yourself with positive people that are doing awesome things. Um, And aim is that you'd be awesome too. Jazz Shapers presents Future Shapers, the future of business today. You'll find that future shaper in full at jazzfm.com. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday, I'm very lucky I meet someone who's shaping the world of business. Today, James O'Callaghan is my business shaper, and James is the co-founder of Eckersley O'Callaghan. They're a structural engineer firm who make incredibly beautiful buildings and constructs around the world. James, just give me a few that you're really proud of over the years to contextualise a little bit of the work, because it's a very visual thing. The minute you say certain, you know, for me, when you talk about a building and I know it, I can see it. So just give me two or three that you're, you're really, really proud of. Um, I think that uh, in the last 15 years, there's a series of buildings that we've been very proud to be a part of, which has been the uh, the retail expansion for Apple throughout the world. Um it's been a great journey. We've been specifically responsible for designing lots of glass staircases and facades that have caused those spaces to be as exciting as they are, and some of which you, you might find in Covent Garden or in London, in Regent Street, for example, here in, but also um, uh, most notably in Fifth Avenue, the glass cube in Fifth Avenue, for example. If you've been up to in New York, you will have seen that particular um, structure. So we've been very excited to be a part of that, and that is in many ways, a series of buildings that is uh, an evolution of design and um, and engineering through it, iteratively changing as time has changed, as, as techniques have changed, as, engineer, as our engineering techniques have developed, but also in the way in which things are made, glass is put together, and the way glass is fabricated has evolved over time. It's a it's a mirror of that, which is a which is not just one construct. It's a it's a sort of body of work which we are very. Uh, proud to have been a part of. Um, beyond that, there's some slightly more exotic examples. For example, in Nine Elms, we've been working on a swimming pool that spans between two buildings that um, uh, was recently um, uh, well publicised and and will soon be built. And we're very excited to see that happen, the concept of having a purely transparent um, pool between two buildings, not dissimilar, I suppose, in many ways to we might associate with a, a fish tank and aquarium, but for, for people. Um, how, how high up is this going to be as well? It's 10 storeys up and it's mm. um, it's sort of uh, five metres wide and it's it's a fairly, it's 150 tonnes of water in it, which is roughly um, 12 double-decker buses, the weight of. We'll, we'll post it. that on Twitter. I'm going to put that at Elliot underscore Moss and we're going to uh, give you a, a visual reference to that as well so you can have a look. And, um, and uh, which is which is in itself a, um, you know, an exciting opportunity and a little bit uh, um, challenging in terms of how one thinks about the materials in which we use the appropriate um, performance of it. Uh, beyond that, I think that we've been um, uh, we're very proud to be involved with some. We're we're, we're involved with the uh, the envelope, the the facade, if you like, of what will be the new um, Chelsea Football Stadium um, at Stamford Bridge, which is another great, exciting project um, for many collaborators, many other engineers, which are doing a great job to make that happen. Um, 
And it could go on. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I want to ask you a question about um, how you manage the projects on the one side, which to me is the product, and then the bit behind it. Because what we've what strikes me as you speak is, and um, if you were here with me, you'd see James uses hands a lot, because I think that's why I get from creative people quite a lot. You know, you're obviously a very hands-on guy mm. who, who wants to work with materials and wants to, wants to make stuff. How does that marry with the the focus on managing a hundred people or so, and the fo- and the focus on the operations of it? Do you is that a delegated thing that someone else does? Do you purely focus on the the, the client, as it were, in the buildings? What, what actually happens inside the business? Well, it, it's a mix. Ultimately, you have to be able to manage people, and one can do that to a, a greater or lesser extent. And um, one tries to do um, the best uh, one can in terms of, of making that happen. But I think that. From from a people, I think it's important. From certainly in our practice, that we do work and in a way that inspires people to work and to and that means the type of projects, the way in which we approach the projects keeps everybody excited. Where we're doing them, the um, the ideas we're, we're we're developing, it's it's the excitement of it, the fact that we're driving forwards um, through doing as much of the uh, great projects that we can. That that level of inspiration carries us a long way. Clients are generally happy if you do a good job, so that's the uh, that's the main the main uh, the main approach that we try to take. Happy clients, happy business. Stay with me for much more from my business show today. James O'Callaghan, co-founder and director at Eckersley O'Callaghan, the structural engineers. Time for some music, appropriately, I think. Uh, try a little tenderness from Otis Redding. Young girls, they do get weary Wearing that same old shaggy dress Yeah, yeah That was Otis Redding with Try A Little Tenderness. I'm with James O'Callaghan talking um, all things around structural engineering and also balance. And, and James, you were talking about that balance between um, the creative product or the, the engineering products as well, uh, as well as people. You talked about some challenges. Um, what kind of person are you? I mean, you look relatively centred. Um, you know, you, you look like you've seen a bit and you've obviously you've lived abroad. And I imagine that helps your resilience and your sense of managing the unexpected. Have you ever felt flummoxed and ever felt like you actually just wanted to go and work for somebody else in all the time you've been running your own business? Um, no, not really. I think that um, uh, there's certainly times when running a business is trying and there's certain things that get um, that are not in your control. And that can be frustrating, you know, politically or economically, when um, despite how good you are or how good you've tried to build a business as, as, as best you can, um, you are a subject to the external forces. And that can be tiring because you feel like, well, you know, you've tried so hard and yet um, externally there's not much I can do about what happens next. So there are challenges, be it uh, here or, or, or overseas, and um, that can be um that can be, that can weigh you down, but I think that as long as you're resilient and you remember the important things that the the people that you've pulled together, the fact that you've done a great body of work and you've had the opportunity to work with some amazing people around the world, mm. and that that will continue, <laughs> then um, 
you know, you carry on and you wake up the next day and you uh, and you and you push on. Is the recognition important? I mean, you've won the, the business last year, won the engineering consultant of the year, the building awards in 2016. You've won, uh, I think, an award in China for the global one of the awards over there for a global breast project um, a competition over there for outstanding, outstanding design and construction. I mean, I've got there are other awards. You've won absolutely loads of them. Um, does it bother you? Do you like it? I mean, is it nice for the team? Does it matter? Um, I think that um, awards, of course, are nice to have, and they're an acknowledgement for everybody's hard work. Um, that's how our industry and many industries work. It's, at the end of the day, it's a, it's, um, it's, it's mainly about acknowledging how, how what you've done in many ways makes um, may or may not make a difference. But it's 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 to it's to keep the team and everybody who works with you um, motivated, and I think they're quite they're quite good for that. Um, but ultimately, I think that, you know, we as engineers, and I think it's the same for many people, we're a little bit of a silent army. You know, we make the world, um, we make make things happen in the world. We, we are a very important part of everything we do. The fact that we're speaking through uh, the air right now has been as a result of somebody who's engineered it. The chairs we're sitting on, the, the roads we walked on to get here. Everything, engineering touches everything. And of course, it's not really an understood science by anybody. Um, that it, because it's not in any way celebrated. So, but it's super important, and it's so very important to celebrate it as well, as much as one can, because we need good engineers to come in from youth to be able to do all of those things that we need engineering to do. So, that's perhaps where awards are more important: is that there's that recognition um, that your hard work and effort um, results in something that you can celebrate, and people need things to be able to celebrate, to be able to be want to be able to want to pursue that career. And for me, that's super important for the young today to to get them to be engineers, and we need more engineers. We'll have our final chat with my guest today, James O'Callaghan, the leader of the Silent Army. I like that phrase. Plus, we're playing a track from Melody Gardot. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. What a lovely, gentle number there, Dom, uh, producer, and I really like. It's Melody Gardot with Amalia. I think I've said that correctly. Uh, James O'Callaghan is my business shaper just for a little longer. He's the um, co-founder and director um, at Eckersley O'Callaghan. They make beautiful buildings and other constructs, including, as I mentioned, and you would have seen it on Twitter now, um, the incredible... Uh, floating swimming pool, which I want to go and use, which I know when, it, when it's built I won't be able to because I won't live there, but I'm going to try and uh, get a way of, of getting in there and having having a play with it. Another thing that you do, and I wonder if this, I want to ask you about this, um, you're a teacher, you're a visiting professor at a university in Holland, um, Delft, I think it is, and um, about 2,500 architects are in that school you, you, you mentioned earlier before we, we came on air. What's it like teaching? Is that really good for your working life? Does it kind of refresh and remind you of what it's all about? Yes, I think um, absolutely. I think there's, uh, there's a few things about teaching which I find most interesting. Firstly, it's the freshness 
of the the students are there the fact their minds are not in any way shaped by experiences at that point so they're a lot freer to be more to be imaginative and i think that we one challenge we have as we get older is that we have experiences which tend to narrow our focus of ingenuity and we i try very hard to try and fight that to be as brave and as bold as possible in that and, and as wide in our construct of ideas because those ideas are of course are fragile and we need to ideas are the basis of um of great things so can i just ask you on that bit, bit the construct how do you keep the construct wide for you personally because i absolutely agree yeah it's quite hard to do in practice it is hard to do in practice but I think by uh, iterative, by interacting with uh, with uh, with younger engineers, with um, by keeping a, a a broad understanding of what's happening in the world and what's happening in science and other areas outside of your particular uh, area of work, it can start to keep those ideas flowing. And going back to the university, it's a great place because it's a fertile place for imagination. And that I find going, having that link directly back into the plugging into that area of um, sort of fertile imagination allows me to be more inspired by what's possible. And I think that's that's a great thing about teaching. I mean, it's perhaps a little selfish because I'm going there to get <laughs> expand my idea about working with other people. But I hope by as a reciprocal for that, I'm able to um, pass on my experience about things that have been built in the real world and what actually happens when things get built and what the possibilities are to help some of those um, imaginations and fertile ideas have some shape. So, you know, it's, it's a kind of backwards and forwards thing, I think, about teaching. Mm. It's, a, it's not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. Now that you're 14 years in almost your business and you've kind of you're you're, you're in a in a rich vein of creativity, you're doing really well. What's the thing that really matters to you? What makes you happy on a daily basis, and what do you think will continue to make you personally happy as you look forward as you shape your own business? Uh, it's definitely the people that I work with. I mean, that's the uh, that's if I look back over time it's been the people you've had the opportunity to work with um, to be as creative as possible whether it's people you work in your firm or people you work with externally it's who you meet every day and the ideas that they bring um, and that the way in which they inspire you that that's that's it I mean that's the, that's the bottom line I think that's what drives me um, to keep going because you know around the corner there's going to be somebody else you're going to meet with some and, and that interaction with that person is going to create something interesting so yeah that's that's the real that's the real drive I think for me brilliant James thank you so much for joining me today I've really enjoyed meeting you and talking to you just before I let you go what's your song choice and why have you chosen it um, I chose Miles Davis so what and what I particularly like about this piece of music is the fact that it's so lyrical without actually having any lyrics and there's this kind of defiance that you have from Miles Davis as he as he as he as the trumpet works through the song and is in the background noise and he's kind of almost saying you know I'm just plowing my own furrow and that's the way I'm going so whatever and I, I like that uh, I like that about the song in itself so that's why I chose it here it is not quite the full nine minutes because we were run out of time it might be until 12 o'clock in the uh, midday <laughs> but um, here's most of it just for you thank you very much thank you
That was Miles Davis with So What, the song choice of my business shaper today, James O'Callaghan, someone who from a very, very young age was utterly passionate about building, someone who has sought to inspire the people he works with and make that the way that he keeps them focused and loyal and creative, someone who is continually and daily excited about what he does and someone who believes in the power of building things, as he called it, the silent army of engineers and creatives. Really, really good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am, for another edition here on Jazz FM of Jazz Shapers. Meanwhile, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.